You're listening to the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Be sure to follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find out more about Dr. Michelle at drmichellewatson.com. That's drmichellewatson.com. Here now is your host, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. Well, before we start our conversation today, I want to review the template that works as a grid to guide the conversation each week, which is on your mark, get set, go. So dads, I invite you to envision yourselves standing side by side each other, getting ready to run your fathering race this week. And I'm on the sidelines as your coach cheering you on and saying on your mark, get set, go. On your mark is the theme or the topic. Get set as I'm going to fill that in with stories and stats. And then go is always your practical action step where you can put your love for your daughters and your sons into action this week. Well, today I have a guest coach joining me named Jared Lopes, and when he and I first met at a conference, a parenting conference this past year, I looked at his books and I just said, Jared, you got to come on my program. I can hardly wait till you join me. And he's a former pastor, and he now has a full-time ministry as the founder of Dad Tired, which is a nonprofit that's focused on equipping men to lead their families well. He hosts the weekly Dad Tired podcast, which has been listened to by over a million men. And after hearing him today, I have no doubt that you will be joining the tribe of dads who are tuning in. Jared is also the author of two books for men. The first is Stop Behaving, a gospel-centered devotional for men. And the second is his most recent release titled Dad Tired and Loving It, Stumbling Your Way to Spiritual Leadership. He and his wife, Layla, live in Portland and have one son and two daughters. Welcome, Jared Lopes. So glad to be here. Thank you. Yay. I'm glad you made time out of your crazy busy schedule to come. Well, on your mark today, Jared and I have landed on this title, Strategies for Stumbling Your Way to Spiritual Leadership. So how about now for Get Set, Jared, if you could... We're, we're going to kind of break open some of the things you've talked about in your book. I've read it cover to cover, literally. Wow. You may think some, wow. you know, some of those that interviewed you just kind of skim. <laughs> right. I was so literally impacted by it that even as a woman, wow. I'm like word for word, underline notes. So I'm saying, man, you've got to get this book or women buy it for your husbands. Wow, geez. Thank you. Dad tired and loving it. Stumbling your way to spiritual leadership. Awesome book. So I love how you write in your book and you also say on your dad tired podcast that you aren't just giving dads practical tips on how to become spiritual leaders in their homes, but that you aim to get at the heart behind the things they're doing. So you've said that your prayer is that men will join you in falling more in love with Jesus and as a result, then help their wives and their kids to do the same. So that's where I'd love to start now in just asking you this big question. How does a man fall more in love with Jesus? That's what you've called it. And how has that happened for you? Yeah. So the first thing is whenever I talk to guys, a lot of guys will say, all right, Jared, I know I need to fall in love with Jesus. Like, give me the 10 things do I need to do. Do I need to like go to church more, listen to more Christian radio? Like what? Give me the list. And yeah. I always say like, we love lists, but lists aren't going to be the thing that changes your heart. And there was actually a time in my marriage personally where I was far from God. I actually was a very terrible husband and father. And I was just deep into my own sin. I was off in the weeds. Mm. And we were. I was in the middle of an argument with my wife. 
And we were in my bedroom and she, I said something to be purposely hurtful to her in my immaturity. And she started to well up with tears in her eyes. And she said, Jared, I just want you to know, I've been waking up at 2 a.m. every morning and I go into the living room and I've been praying that God would capture your heart again. Oh. And I always say like, I would have rather she cussed me out. Right, I, would, right, I could have right. handled that way better than, oh. than that to, for my wife to say she's been praying for me every single, she's setting her alarm at two in the morning oh. to pray for me. And what she was doing was saying, like, I know that I can't change Jared's behavior and I can't change Jared's heart. I can nag at him. I can do whatever I want to try to get him to change. But ultimately, like, God has to be the one that's going to change heart. Because who can change hearts but God, right? Yeah. Only the Holy Spirit can yeah. do that. And so for a guy that's like, where do I even begin? I, I know this sounds probably overly simple, but like, have you asked the Lord, God, would you give me a new heart? It's been, it's by grace you have been saved yeah. through faith in Christ. And so we just say, God, I, I know my works can't earn me salvation and I know my works won't allow me to change my heart. So God, will you come in mm. and will you be the one that changes my heart? You know what I love is that right here from the start, we're talking about hearts. Yeah. And truth be told, I don't hear a lot of men use that language. So the fact that you're modeling to men, we got to talk about our heart. We got to talk about heart change. And maybe there's a woman listening today that's going to follow Layla's example and go, I'm going to pray for God to change my man's heart because I can't do it by nagging, trying to be Holy Spirit Junior. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're women, for any women listening, like you're not a heart changer. Uh, you don't have, yeah. as awesome as you are, you don't have that capability to yeah. change hearts. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Come on now. Yeah. Well, as we talk about this concept of loving Jesus, like above all, yeah. you and I both know that there's a real enemy who doesn't want that to happen. Yeah. So can you just talk about maybe some practical ways or insights that you have where you've become aware of the enemy's agenda on the women in your household specifically. Yeah. Right? So we always hear guys talk about, I hear this happen all the time. Guys are always talking about like, I would do anything to protect my family. I would die. I would take a bullet for my family. That sounds great. It's kind of a macho thing, but most of us praise God are probably not going to have to take a bullet for our wife or lay our lives down physically like that. It statistically is not likely to happen. Praise God, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, But we have to remember back in Genesis, remember back in Genesis, uh, Adam and Eve are in the garden and the serpent, the evil one, Satan comes and whispers into the ear of Eve and says, did God really Really say say this? Yeah. And and ultimately what Satan is saying is, hey, there's satisfaction to be found outside of God. Let me kind of whisper some lies into your ear. The very first words we ever see from Satan are lies, right? And then we find out that after she takes the apple, Eve takes the apple, she turns and she hands it to her husband, which which is crazy to think that Adam was passively standing by that entire time. Mm. And so I always tell husbands like, man, you will either be a husband who passively stands by as the enemy whispers lies into your wife's ears, Mm. or you will be a man who actively like, this is what protecting and providing and engaging with your wife looks like. It means stepping in before the enemy tries to whisper those lies into her ear Uh and say, baby, like you, you are not this kind of woman. Let me remind you who God has created you to be. You don't need to be prettier or fancier or smarter or better or thinner. mom or Can thinner, we add that thinner one in whatever, there? whatever the thing is whatever yeah. lie yeah. satan is whispering in like let me remind you that's what protecting your family yes. looks like oh my we could stop right now <laughs> i'm like this is enough for men yeah. to say i'm gonna put that into action yeah. this week I mean, because honestly, Jared, I can so relate to all of what you're saying, because as a woman, I do believe that we get hit differently than men by the enemy. So any other suggestions for what a dad could do, let's say, to stand up for his daughter? Because you're saying there's a definite 
intention of the enemy to take women down differently than men. Yeah. So we just have to remember that Satan has not stopped whispering lies into our wives' ears, into our little girls' ears, mm-hmm. right? That That's his reputation from day one. And so we as men, again, to protect your family, like, are you intentional? You do not possess the power husband, dad, to step in and to change your little girl's heart. Mm. You need Jesus to do that. And so you being a faithful man of God says, am I taking the time every day to say, Lord, I'm down on my knees, desperately praying for the heart of my little girl. Would you protect her from the lies of the enemy? Would you allow me, would you bring truths into my heart that can remind her of who you have created her to Mm -hmm. be? Do you ever pray that out loud over her? Is that more inside yourself? It's both. It's both. Actually, so just this week, this is a true story. Just probably two days ago, uh, my little girl got caught telling a lie at school. And my first reaction was just to like discipline. Like, what are you doing? You know better. We're salt and light. We talk about this all the time. (laughs) You know, she's six, but we have these like uh, deep conversations about what it means to be a missionary sent at school. Right. And what I told her was uh, instead of like just getting mad and disciplining what I thought was, and I think the Holy Spirit reminded me, remind her who she is. Mm. And so I actually had her write down on a piece of paper, baby, how has God created you? List out all the words. You are a truth teller. You are light. You are a woman of integrity. And like, she just yeah. was writing. All she these, came up with yeah, that. She, she was, knows she, it so she much. She was writing all these words down. And then I, we just pinned them to the refrigerator and said, don't forget who you are. This is who God has created you to be. And, and I, I often say like, who you tell your kids they are is who they will become. And we yes. want to remind them all the time, yes. this is who God has made you to be. Oh, that is so cool. So, okay, let me ask you this. A key strategy for a dad who's willing to stumble his way into spiritual leadership is even pray for his daughter. That's what we're just talking yeah. about in front of her. And I love that you write a lot about that. I know that's really important in yeah. your leadership, right? To say, yeah. don't just pray with her. I mean, or for her, pray with her. So, Anything that you would tell dads, I mean, what's another strategy that you would suggest for men to do to take hold of being a spiritual leader in the home? Because I've had a lot of men that I've worked with that say, I defer to my wife on that one. I don't know what to do. So I'd rather do nothing than do it wrong. Yeah. Well, here's a couple things. The, the first thing I would say, one, that's most guys. Most guys feel that way because a lot of our wives just take take lead in this area and so we kind of passively step back on mm-hmm. this um so the first thing is that's the first thing i'd say the second thing i would say is um the reason that we pray out loud for our kids especially our daughters is because um we as dads sometimes get the default hero card of the family like my little girl yeah. thinks i can do anything mm-hmm. she, and she thinks i know everything which right now is awesome i love <laughs> it right um but what i don't want her to think is daddy's perfect and she never actually hears me repent she never actually hears me say i'm sorry she never actually says daddy did wrong and i desperately need jesus uh-huh. and so that's part of why we pray out loud for our kids it's not just because it's the quote unquote right thing to do yeah. like hey christian dad you should pray with your kids of course. Yeah, we all know that. But the deeper level is I want my little girl to know daddy desperately needs Jesus. Uh-huh. Daddy desperately needs God to come in and to, to change the broken and messed up areas of my heart. Just like you do, baby girl. Like daddy is not the hero of this story. Jesus is the hero uh-huh. of this story. And that is why we pray to a God who's much better than daddy. That is so good. One of the things that you say, I wrote this down. You say, we lead our kids toward the things that matter most to us. Yeah. Say more about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can, 
if you kind of slot out, uh, you know, your quote unquote Jesus time throughout the week. So we, I take my kids to church, make sure they go to Sunday school. Maybe even I, I try to get some extra credit by doing like a devotional with them for 15 minutes. Every, extra credit. <laughs> right, I love that. Right. So I'm like, I've got these Jesus times. Uh, the truth is like that kind of stuff, as awesome as it is, keep doing them for sure. But if your little kids realize that that's the only time you're talking about Jesus, they're going to quickly realize like you're not actually passionate about Jesus. This mm. doesn't affect your day to day life. And so you're talking about like strategies. I always say, think of life as less, less like these 15 minute devotionals and more like 30 second devotionals uh, where you are constantly every 30 second opportunity you can get to talk about the things of God, use them. As Moses said in Deuteronomy, when you wake up and when you sleep and when you walk and you talk and you're eating, like whatever you're doing. And this is what Jesus did. He didn't just sit down with his disciples and have like these 15 minute conversations. What he did is he said, walk with me. And then as he was walking, he was constantly using these small examples of like, here's what the the kingdom looks like. Here's what the things of God look like. And so this, this is what it looks like for us as dads. Not just 15 minute devotionals or little times. They'll they'll quickly realize like, oh, dad's not actually passionate about this. This is yeah. just like a thing. Right. Yeah. But but if I'm always talking about the things of God, every opportunity I get, and I always tell dads like, when a dad hears that right now, he's gonna be like, that's intimidating. It is. He's like, I don't know what well, how do I do that? Yeah. I would just say, start as quickly as you can. I have a friend who has a, a six month old. He's like, when do I start? I said, start now. For your own sake, like just start trying to stumble your way, learning to like talk about the things of God. What does that look like with a six month old? So this is what, this is what it looks like practically in our family. We're driving down. This just happened the other day. We're driving down the road. Beautiful sunset. It's something as little as, man, look at how creative God is. And then Ah. I said to my little girl, you're creative just like God. You draw cool pictures just like God draws cool pictures. So what I'm just doing is very quickly trying to tie in. Oh yeah, God, this is who God's made me to be. This is things about God. I did that with my son the other day. I was coaching a soccer team. There was a a beautiful sunset. I use sunsets a lot because I personally love sunsets. (laughs) There was sunset. Uh, I just literally pulled him aside and whispered in his ear. I said, look at how creative God. Is isn't don't we serve such a good God? It was a ten second moment, ten second. But I'm just quickly trying to always move back uh-huh. towards what are the things that God. When, with our friends and our on our neighborhood, uh, I there, one of my daughters was getting upset because she want she wanted her bike and all the other kids on the the street wanted their, her bike too, and she was having a hard time sharing. And I whispered in her ear, I said, God shared everything with us. Look at all the things we have. This is because God gave us, and so we share everything like God shared everything with us. Just it takes. And then what was her response? She gave her bike to you know maybe uh, begrudgingly, uh-huh. but she's learning like okay, my my uh-huh. behavior is shaped by my love for Christ. So what I'm hearing is that rather than specifically correcting the problem you're redirecting your kids to look to Jesus yeah and it goes back to the heart thing right like yeah. I, I want the I want the gospel to shape their hearts yeah. and and behavior yeah. modification never lasts Bingo. that's why Jesus was never trying to get how many times do we see Jesus interact with someone who was caught in sin instead of addressing the sin directly mm-hmm. he always gets after the heart and in fact think about the woman at the well when he said your heart your soul is thirsty but if you really want satisfaction drink of me what he was getting at the heart level yeah. like you're chasing after things men specifically right. in this scenario where you think will satisfy you but I'm the one who is satisfied and that's what I want to teach my kids like you'll chase after a lot of things but yeah. ultimately you need Jesus yeah that is so good well if you're just joining us today I'm Dr. Michelle Watson the dad whisperer and today I'm talking with my friend and author, Jared Lopes, also founder of dadtire.com, about strategies for stumbling your way into spiritual leadership. Well, let me ask you this, Jared. So for the dad listening that says, 
I hear what you're saying. I wish I could be like you and help my kids focus on God, but I don't have much of a personal connection to God myself. So I don't want to be a fake or a poser. What would you tell that dad? Where do you start if you want to begin to awaken your heart to have your own relationship with God? Yeah, that's really well said. I think another way of saying that is it's hard to lead your family towards a God you don't personally feel close to, Mm. right? And a lot of guys feel that. Like, I, I don't personally feel close to God. How in the world could I lead my family toward him? Uh, and so again, uh, the first thing I would say, man, is you, you need to like have your heart radically changed by Jesus. And so it's as simple as just praying, God, would you come in and change my heart? The other thing I would say is this, there are two reasons I think guys don't lead their family well. Number one is ignorance. They don't know how. They just like don't know how. They never had a dad or a man teach them what that looks like. But number two, some guys know how, but they just feel too much shame. Uh, they're actually deeply entangled in their own sin and their own shame and their own past. And so the thought of leading your family feels like I might get my own stuff exposed and I'm not quite ready to do that. And so I would say, uh, we know in Romans, it says, if you confess your sins to Christ, he is faithful and just to forgive us. Uh That's good news. Really, really good news. So confess your sins to Christ. But James says, if you confess your sins to one another, you'll be healed. Mm. And so we like, you want to lead your family, you need to be healed. And that, that's just like the, the bottom line. Like yeah. you, you can fake it, you can do all this tactics, yeah. but you need to be healed. And so mm-hmm. healing comes from confessing sin, as James said. And yeah. so, man, find another brother who you yeah. trust and say, dude, I'm, I'm like really struggling with this. And for the sake of me and my heart and my family and for the generations to come, can I confess some stuff to you so that I can start to experience some healing? Uh-huh. And I've experienced that in my own life. Yeah. Hard as it is to open up, confess, speak out something that I'm struggling with, I have lived out what you're just talking about where it has redirected my heart and there's like a cleansing Totally. and you can move forward. And I think you're absolutely right. There's a lot of of men, because I hear the stories, you hear the stories that are saying, I can't step out of this. I'm caught and I'm entangled. And then their kids are suffering as a result and their, their spouses and friends. Okay, well, let me ask it this way. You say that our churches are filled with bored men. Yeah. Say more about that and what strategies do you have for motivating men, let's say, to be stirred out of spiritual boredom? Yeah, it's correct. Whenever I go and speak at conferences and I talk to men, this is probably the thing that kind of perks up the ears the most. Okay. Uh, and so what I, what I always say is... Um, there are a lot of guys who really are like, we live our whole lives chasing after something starting from very young ages. Like I, I look at my son now and he's finding adventure in rocks and sticks and playing with his friends on bikes and acting like he's cops and robbers, all these <laughs> things. Right. Uh, and then we get our licenses and we go to high school and we meet our first girlfriend and we get, you know, there's just constant one after the other adventure. You get married, you have kids, you find your dream job, but then guys usually get around their late twenties, early thirties, maybe mid thirties and all of that stuff. Like, the adventure kind of goes away. You got the job, you got married, you had the kids. And then it's kind of like, well, now what? Yeah. Now what Now what am I chasing after? Do I just wait for 30 years to retire? Is that the thing I'm like chasing after? Uh, as John Piper says, to collect seashells one day. Like, is that really the adventure <laughs> yeah, that, I'm, yeah. <laughs> that I'm really looking forward to? And then what you have is men who are bored and bored men are dangerous men. And so bored men usually find uh, thing adventure in a lot of dumb areas like porn and hobbies that t- suck away the time from their wife and their kids, uh, you know, addictions, all these kinds mm-hmm. of things. And then the church says, okay, we're like, we're excited to like get you into adventure. Will you, you know, and join us? And guys are like, yes, I need some adventure. And then we say, okay, can you like greet on Sunday mornings or pass the communion <laughs> yeah. plate? And it's like, man, really? That's the adventure that God's calling us to? So I always tell guys like, when's the last time you were scared for the glory of God? 
Like all throughout, Come on, all, that's good. all throughout scripture, God is saying, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Fear yeah. not, fear not. Why? Because he called them to step into super scary things. That's so all good. The time. I've never heard this. <laughs> right. So, so I would say like, man, pray some scary prayers. Pray with your wife some scary prayers. For Layla and I, we started to pray like, God, all right, we want to step into situations that require great faith. And for us, it was like God was putting foster care on our okay. like just hearts over and over and over. That's scary. Yeah. That's really hard. But I'll tell you what, like when you step into adventure, and it's, by the way, it's not foster care for everyone. Like I'm not pushing you go adopt a kid. And, right, know, like, right. It could be as simple as like be bold and have a hard conversation or a, a courageous conversation with your neighbor and invite them over for dinner. What like, else? It, what are some more scary, uh, courageous prayers? So one thing that we, so we actually had another baby. So our house wasn't able to host any more foster kids. Okay. They said, you're, you're full. Um, so then we were like, all right, God, what does the next season look like? So what we did is we, we saw on our street, on our actual neighborhood street, none of the kids or their parents knew Christ on our street. None. There were like no Christian backgrounds. So we're like, all right, we're just going to be missionaries on this street. This is the adventure God's calling us into as a family right now. And so we went to Costco, bought a ridiculous amount of snacks. I went and got like extra bikes, scooters. I just filled my garage with stuff. And I said, I want our home to be the salt and light home where kids come as a refuge. Uh, We don't have time to to jump into all the stories, but the amount of times that I've sat in my garage with these kids from neighborhoods who don't have dads, Uh. who have dads who have abused them, who have just no influence in their life. And we've had deep, meaningful conversation over the last year because we've got extra bikes and scooters. But this was the adventure that God was calling our family to, you know? Oh my goodness. I mean, hearing you talk about the practical ways you've lived out the things you speak are to me what put you in a in a category of men I respect because mm. you're walking your talk. Let me quote another way that you said it in your book is you're asking, how can a fire get lit in a man to look for ways that God could use him and his daughter to bring God's kingdom to earth? How have you brought her into this vision yeah. of an adventure? Yeah, so I, we just straight up ask. So what we do is we actually, at the dinner table, we'll, we kind of go around. When I, remember I was talking about the character thing, like how has God created you? Mm-hmm. We've done this multiple mm-hmm. times in our family. And, and so what I've said to my daughter is, let's list out the way that God has uniquely created you and how can you use those things to be salt and light to our neighborhood friends. And so we talked about, okay, you're creative. Um, what would it look like for you to use your creativity for the glory of God in our neighborhood? Uh-huh. And so what we'll do is we'll buy art supplies uh-huh. and we just sit, we literally, we've bought, bought this like mat that they just sit in the lawn with the other little girls and boys who want to uh-huh. come and she'll just draw with them. And she talks about as a six-year-old, like God created me to be really creative. And so I like <laughs> drawing art and she's just using her like skills, like the characteristics that God's gave her. And so I always say like, go around the family Think of yourself as a team. How has God given you certain gifts on your team for the glory of God within your neighborhood? And uh-huh. you just see yourself as a missionary team uh, on your block. Oh, that is so good. Okay, you also talk about not letting your kids develop what you call spiritual dementia. Yeah. Tell us more about that because I've not heard that term, spiritual yeah. dementia. Yeah, so all throughout the scriptures, God keeps being faithful and all throughout the scriptures, people keep forgetting how God uh, is faithful, right? And that's true in our own lives. God has been faithful to us over and over and over again and you and I and everyone listening keeps forgetting how good he has been mm-hmm. to us. And so the Bible literally has these uh, examples where he says like, write it on your forehead or stack a stack of rocks. Yes. So you, every time you look at it, you remember how faithful God has been. 
And like God says, create visual reminders. Okay. And so this is kind of what we do in our house. I, I just like everything in my home. I try to, if, whether it's on the wall or counter or whatever, all of our decoration, I try and you know, not everything, not our rug and couch, but as many things <laughs> as I can, I try to just use as visual reminders. So we have like a vase on our fireplace and we, every time we see God work, like he provided for us, he, there was a cool sunset, yeah. uh, you know, God took care of us. We just write it down on a piece of scratch paper and then put it into that glass vase and uh-huh. we just see it fill up throughout the year. And at the end of the year, we pull out all those pieces of paper and we remind ourselves how God has been faithful to us. So we're just using constant visual reminders yes. to see God is always pursuing us. Oh, I love it. I end every show with a ghost step so that dads have a specific and measurable way right, to put their love for their daughters and their sons into action. So you've given dads lots of great, powerful strategies today about stumbling, as, I, as you call it, I love that, into spiritual leadership. If they're ready yeah. to take a step, if a dad is ready to say, I, I want to take one step this week to be more equipped as a spiritual leader, where would you tell them to start? Okay, first thing I would say is make it a goal to pray out loud with your daughter and with your wife. As scared as you are, as vulnerable as is, make it a goal and do it. Second thing is, come join us on the Dad Tired Facebook group. We have over 10,000 guys in that group who are trying to stumble their way forward. So just come join us over there and like get some encouragement. And then we also do Dad Tired conferences all throughout the country all year. So on dadtired.com, you can jump on there and like figure out, is there one near you where you can just spend a day getting equipped on this stuff? And I would say, dads, if you missed the beginning of the interview, you want to get Jared's book, Dad Tired and Loving It, Stumbling Your Way to Spiritual Leadership. Well, On Your Mark today has been stressed. Strategies for stumbling your way to spiritual leadership. You've heard from my friend, author, and founder of dadtired.com, Jared Lopes. And between today and next week, dads, I encourage you to take his challenges to heart. As always, you can go to my website at drmichellewatson.com, where you'll find free resources. You can sign up for my bi-monthly Dad Daughter Friday blogs. There's also a link to Amazon where you can find my book, Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, a guide for connecting with your daughter's heart. And it's also available on Audible. Thanks for joining us for another edition of the Dad Whisperer Podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield. To find out how you can invite Dr. Michelle for your next event, go to drmichellewatson.com and click on the speaking tab. That's drmichellewatson.com. Dr. Michelle loves bringing practical insights she gleaned over the past few decades to audiences of teenagers, young adults, men's groups, or women's forums. Once again, go to drmichellewatson.com, that's drmichellewatson.com, for more information on the books, resources, and blogs that she has available. Remember, you can listen to the Dad Whisperer podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. And we'd appreciate it if you'd subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll see you again on the next edition of the Dad Whisperer podcast with Dr. Michelle Watson-Canfield.